0: Welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Robin. And we are two of six of the founding members of DSO Connect, a group committed to helping dance studio owners build successful businesses
1: and live balanced lives. Yes. How's it going, Robin? It's going really well. I'm having a good day. Good. That's awesome. I am looking forward to talking about retention. It's one of my favorite topics.
0: Yes, it's so important in a dance studio. Keeping an existing student costs us a lot less than bringing in a new student. And if we are constantly filling our classes with brand new students every year, we're never going to grow a program of not only just the numbers that we need in enrollment, but also
1: a program of... Culture. Of culture and, uh, and proficient dancers. Yeah, absolutely. I think that retention, succeeding at retention is a win-win-win-win, four yeah. wins situation. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. When we succeed with student retention, the student wins. Because when the student commits to your program long term, you can truly deliver a dance education that mm-hmm. works. Yeah, yeah. And they see their own progress. Yes. Right. The parent wins because the parents are making an investment of time and money. And when they can stick with one studio, one philosophy, one curriculum, then their investment of time and money is well spent.
0: Right, and instead of hopping to different studios or even hopping to different activities, the student is going to grow more if they stick to that one thing in that one studio.
1: Right. It's like you can be really good at dance or Or you can can be be mediocre at six other things. Kind of okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be really good at dance. Me too. (laughs) Um, The teachers win because after all, consistency in the classroom and student achievement is what fuels teachers. Yeah.
0: Teachers want to dig their teeth in and, and get to the point where they're seeing their students progress from year to year to year and don't we love that moment where we realize that this graduating senior has been in our program for you know since they were three and we've seen the whole process i mean that is beautiful and the teachers get to teach advanced students if you don't have good retention you're never going to get advanced
1: students exactly and finally the studio owner wins because we get to enjoy financial security and grow a technically sound program that we can be proud of and there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying that our studio provides financial security for our family and we but not only do we as studio owners want to enjoy financial security but we also want to be proud of our program we want to look at our
0: legacy as something that we can be proud of something that has really produced some good people and good dancers yeah so
1: I don't think we have to convince our listeners anymore no retention is important yeah we're preaching to the choir you all know this awesome so there are two main components as far as I can see um, that we need to look at when we're trying to maximize student retention from year to year and those two components in our studios are the structure of our programming and the culture our community or the you know the way that um, students feel when they come into the classroom and just really briefly to um, to just tell a little backstory I grew up in a, a dance studio that was more on the recreational side this was back in the 80s and um, I wasn't receiving the finest instruction it wasn't a highly technical program it was very loose and casual and um, but I loved it there. I, I, My friends were there. I adored my studio owner. I adored my teachers. And I really felt a sense of community. And for middle school and high school age kids, that's very important. Absolutely, yeah. And um, then when I went into 10th grade, I went to the Baltimore School for the Arts. And I received a more technically sound dance training. And that was very satisfying and fulfilling to me. But I didn't feel that warm and fuzzy Um, sense of belonging Mm -hmm. and that was around the age that I started thinking that maybe I would want to be a studio owner when I grew up and I vowed that when that happened I would try to create an environment that had the best of both worlds so my dream studio would be a place where there was a high standard for technical excellence and also a warm and welcoming culture of and community
0: And as one of your former students, Robin, I can say, good job. You done did it. (laughs) Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah, I feel like I got excellent training at EMC. And I, you know, obviously felt a sense of belonging. We are still in touch. I'm still in touch with most of my dance friends that i grew up with there it was definitely my second home for sure
1: nice and for those of you that don't know casey was my student uh i started teaching her when she was three and she graduated from my program as a senior yep and um so she is you are actually the poster child for For retention retention. yeah (laughs) all right so this is awesome that we're talking about this together So why do we lose students as studio owners? There are lots of reasons that we do lose students. Some are good reasons, you know, the student is not a good match for our family or our dancer graduates from our program. Some are bad reasons like, um, you know, maybe the, the family moves away and or, you know, there's medical issues, a family member loses a job and cannot afford the program anymore. But basically the way it all boils down, there are things we cannot control and there are things that we can control. And the only reasons that we really need to be looking at with a fine tooth comb and making changes in our studio programming over, are these reasons that we, that we can control and the ones that we consider bad losses. Right. And let's go through those real quick. We need to try and prevent these things. Dancer makes a lateral move to our competitor. So if you get that email, that dreaded email that says, you know, Susie will not be returning to dance in January. Um, We've decided to go to the studio up the road. That should be a red flag. It's like, what the heck is happening? If that Mm -hmm. other dance studio is pretty similar to yours um, and you consider it a lateral move, meaning... She's not going to the local performing arts high school. She's not going to a pre-professional program in New York City. But where she's actually going to your competitor, we need to do some self-reflection. Yeah,
0: and if you have you know, more than one student leaving to go to a competitor, even if it's to different
1: competitors, you definitely want to take a look at what's going on there. Right. Um, another thing that we need to look at is dancer wants to pursue other interests such as sports you know you might say well you know that's not our fault we can't really you know if they decide they want to do soccer that doesn't mean we did anything wrong they just want to do soccer well it's
0: our job as a studio owner to take a look at what was so compelling about soccer and what was lacking to them to their perspective in dance that we weren't offering was it the opportunity to um, play a game and feel a sense of victory. Okay. Well then how can we provide them with a sense of victory in a dance program? You know, was it a sense of community or a team? Yeah. That team feeling. Well, we need to look at that. So there's ways that we can look at what, what's drawing our students that we're not offering. Correct. It's our job to make dance the most exciting option.
1: Right. Same thing. Dancer loses interest in dance. Well, that's a problem. If the dancer is losing interest in dance, we have not engaged them. Exactly. We have not done our job um, to our best, you know, to success. Right.
0: Take a look at what's going on in the classroom. Is the
1: curriculum stale? Is the
0: curriculum stale? Is the playlist old? Mm -hmm. Is the teacher not engaging? Is the classroom management out of control Mm -hmm. and they just didn't feel like they were learning anything because it was just too chaotic in there?
1: dancer follows a teacher to another studio that's a big one that, that's a big one that's like a stab in the back yeah you've and- got big problems now because now not only do you have student problems but you have team Teach, you have staff problems as well. Yeah,
0: and we hear about that a lot in, in teacher groups and in studio owner groups online and forums about a uh, teacher leaving. Maybe they just moved to a different studio or maybe they're opening their own studio and they're poaching your students.
1: Why didn't you see that coming?
0: Why? Well, first of all, why didn't you see it coming? And second of all, why is the student more loyal to that teacher than they are to your studio as an institution? That's brilliant.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is dancer doesn't see improvement. They don't see where this dance thing is going.
0: Right. And and in that case, a lot of times we just have to show them what improvement looks like Mm -hmm. because a lot of times the parents or the dancer themselves don't understand how dance works they don't understand that you have to do plies every single week Mm -hmm. you have to do a million tendus Mm -hmm. every single week and so we have to educate our clientele about what improvement should
1: look like exactly so we talked earlier about the two aspects of our program that we're going to be looking at structure and culture Mm -hmm. So let's start with structure. Casey, as a studio owner, how long would you like to keep your students? It's a multiple choice question. <laughs> uh, for a short session, maybe six weeks, for a single semester, for a full school year, for multiple years, or until graduation? Which do you choose, Casey? Um, Robin, I choose until graduation, please. Uh, ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That's the winning answer. We all, as studio owners, Ultimately, would like to keep our students until graduation. And you know what? Even beyond. Yeah.
0: I want my students to graduate and then come back. Mm-hmm. I just had one of my graduates from last year on winter break come back and take like five classes in a week or something. And it was so wonderful to have her back. She's mm-hmm. off at college. She's studying dance in college. We're so proud of her. And she chose to come back to her home dance mm-hmm. studio to take some classes yeah. on her winter break and that to I mean to me that's that's really fulfilling because yes. not only is she is she off in a college program and still values the training that she has received at my studio but she also wants to be there mm-hmm. and that's beautiful to me right
1: and she feels that it's her family so exactly. of course you want to visit your family right when you're on break from college right right so if we want to keep our students until graduation and beyond why are we telling our customers to stop being our customers over and over again
0: yeah if you and and this is kind of inherent in the structure and uh tradition of our industry Mm -hmm. where it's cyclical and you know students sign up for a school year Mm -hmm. or they sign up for a session or they sign up for a semester at a time And what we're talking about here is completely changing how your program is structured Mm -hmm. so that rather than go from September to June, have a performance, and then goodbye, and then it's the parent's responsibility to come back, and we're begging them every summer to come back. Instead of that, why not? keep it going. Yeah, Flip that system on its head and say, you're here and it's your responsibility to tell us when you no longer want to be
1: here. Exactly. So you're in the grocery store mm-hmm. and a parent runs into you and says, oh, I've been meaning to sign up for that. Summer class, but I just I just ha- keep forgetting. I just keep forgetting. Well,
0: and how many times do we do that in right. our daily
1: lives? We exactly, keep on meaning to do X and Y and Z, and we keep on forgetting. Right. But what if we flip it and we and that customer comes to us in the grocery store and says, "Oh, I've been meaning to unenroll, but I keep forgetting." It's Good. like <laughs> exactly. I'm glad that you forgot. It's like forgotten. have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> keep on paying me. Keep on coming to class. And when they want to unenroll, un- un- they they need to take an action. So some things that we can put into the structure of our programs are perpetual classes. Now this works really well. I have a performing arts studio, so we have music and theater and gymnastics. And this works really well in programs where there's not a big end of year program. But it can work in traditional dance programs as well. You just need to be willing to open your mind and look at things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is just verbiage. Right. Don't use words like end of year presentation right why it's is it just the end? your
0: spring recital right
1: it's your spring recital and then you know things have continue to you continue to grow you haven't completed all of yeah, your it's dance not training. Right. it's not over it's not over um The other thing that we can do is present our program as a dance education versus an a la carte menu of classes. Maybe the local YMCA or community center offers an a la carte menu of classes like pottery, cooking, yoga and you know swimming karate and y- your kids might choose oh this semester we're going to try this and next semester we're going to try that what if you're presenting your your program as more of a dance education which takes years and years and years and it's a journey it's not a six-week session right it's we're not doing a six-week ballet class what you you cannot learn ballet in six weeks mm, no so, so we're <laughs> talking to to families in terms of you know, we want to bring your child into our program and we're going to teach her how to dance and this happens over many years. Right. Um, We wanna block our classes in packages for convenience so that the parents can drop their child off on a Monday night and they're gonna get five, four hours from five o'clock to nine o'clock of classes. And it's very convenient for the parent. She's not one hour on Monday, one hour on Tuesday, And Two hours on Wednesday within a half an hour break in between right that doesn't work, right? Yeah We really try to leverage our dance company members with summer requirements so the fact that they're in a dance company and Auditions are in May we can say if you accept your position in the dance company for next year We require you to dance in the summer well once they accept then they're committed in the summer now we have retention over the summer and now that they've done all the summer work for fall choreography they're committed to the fall they're committed
0: to the fall so there's
1: you're always working toward that next thing
0: yes it never again it never ends right we also want to be identifying flight risks mm-hmm. and this takes some training Of your teaching staff Mm -hmm. and of your administrative staff as well to get in the habit of looking for signs of a student is looking less engaged in class. Maybe their attendance is falling. Uh, That can be something that your administrative staff can Mm -hmm. track is attendance. And then reach out to that student who's missed two or three classes. If they are not engaged with their classmates, maybe try and pair them up with another student. Mm -hmm. Maybe encourage them to bring a friend to class, Mm -hmm. something to keep them engaged, but you want to get in the habit of identifying those flight risks so that you can be proactive instead of
1: reactive. Right, absolutely. Another thing that we've implemented into the structure of our program is a 60 days notice of withdrawal policy. We do the
0: same exact thing and this is a policy that I have on a bright yellow piece of paper along with my refund policies laminated and posted all over the studio so no one can miss it. It's in the welcome packet. It's on the website. I refer to it in emails all the time. It's a 60 days notice of withdrawal so that when I, if I get an email on November 3rd that that kid is withdrawing, well, that family is still responsible for tuition for December and for January. And of course, so-and-so is welcome to continue taking classes in that time. And maybe something magical happens in mm-hmm. that time and they decide to stay.
1: Right. Because with kids, it could be just that they're having a little lull. Right. Or maybe they're, they're be, you know, so many changes are happening.
0: They haven't found out what their recital song is yet. Right. And as soon as they find out they get that song, they're in it. Or they right. see the costume picture and now they're hooked.
1: So much can change in 60 days. So you don't want to, to allow them to have this spontaneous, I'm done. Right. Um, we divide our yearly fees into 12 payments from July to June. And the reason we do that is because, again, we want to encourage this idea of dance is perpetual. We don't want our families to experience a month of no pay- no dance payment. Right. Imagine this. Imagine, you know, it's summertime and your, your students don't have a $200 dance payment and the husband maybe <laughs> takes a look at the budget and says... Hey! Wow, we've got an extra two hundred dollars in the budget this month. (laughs) Do you guys really like dance that much? (laughs) You know, no, we don't ever want that. We always have a cable bill, right? We always have our rent payment, yeah. We always have our car, our car payment or our phone bill. So we want dance to just be a regular, routine thing. It's not going to be paid off. It's just a routine, and peop- it, just get used to it. And we're constantly providing value for it. Absolutely. We're not
0: taking advantage of anybody here. We're, we're providing so much value for these children's lives. Right. But it's just kind of making it
1: more consistent. Right. And you might say, well, why are you? Pay- uh, how are you charging 12 payments from July to June if your classes only go from, say, September through May? Well, what we do is we count how many lessons are in the entire um, year that we're offering and then we divide we total it up and then we add in whatever other expenses we want in their performance fee costume whatever you choose and then we divide that into 12 payments and what happens is the monthly payment then becomes smaller and more digestible, and it makes it easier for the parents to add more classes.
0: And so you include costumes, performance fees, all of that stuff
1: in those monthly payments? I don't include costumes, some people do, I don't, but I do include performance fees, I include company fees, I include um, required company events, Mm -hmm. and this is actually one of the best things that I've done is you know, let's say I want to bring in a master class teacher, mm-hmm. and I want my company to have um, the advantage of taking this person's class. I will include it in their experience for the year. I will right. include the fee in their package, and then divide it into 12 monthly payments, and then I know that I'm going to have 100% participation. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I do that too, where I I create my budget for my company You know, over the summer or after the recital or or whatever, and I budget in for guest artists. I budget in for two conventions. I budget in for, you know, whatever else. And now I know what I have to work with. I might not have planned who my guest artist Mm -hmm. is going to be, but Mm -hmm. I know that I have $200 to pay them with. Mm -hmm. And when it's included and you're not constantly going back to your families asking for more money, asking for more time they feel
1: like they're getting more value right it's it's like hey we've got this guest teacher coming and um it's it's our gift it's to you. included you can say it's included or you can say it's our gift
0: right and when it's already paid for out of their monthly fees it doesn't matter if they come or not I mean of course we want everyone to come mm-hmm. but it's still paid for whether it's or not it's still paid for
1: up. you don't have to spend the time doing the marketing mm-hmm. and they're more likely to Rearrange other plans because they've already paid for it and it's not refundable. Yep. Yep. All right. So that's a whole thing. We could talk about inclusive pricing in a whole other podcast that, episode. Let's make a note of that. <laughs> um, auto reenroll. We also we auto reenroll our students for the next year unless they tell us otherwise. So again, that's what we were talking about before. Um, you, we're not. You're not signing your life away to keep your child in in my studio until they graduate from high school but you do need to tell me 60 days before you want to exit your contract um, otherwise we will assume you're returning and that you know that that makes a difference
0: and as long as everything is made very clear up front and the mm-hmm. auto re-enroll is not a surprise to anyone yes
1: make sure that you're not keeping things Right.
0: Don't do it sneakily. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure everyone knows um, that that, that's happening.
1: And then you'll, like, retention will be a breeze. Yep. And then the last thing is (coughs) all-inclusive packages. You know, I feel like um, one of the ways that we get such good retention is because, like you alluded to earlier, Casey, Um, we're because everything's included in the package we are it it appears that Miss Robin is constantly giving us things oh here's your DVD of the recital oh what do I owe you oh no 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 no. it's all taken care of Um, oh here's your t-shirt your recital t-shirt oh what do I owe you oh no 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 it's already taken care of so you want to position yourself in a way where you are constantly giving giving, giving to your customer and they feel the pain of paying very minimally. Quick story is my dad belongs to a, uh, a golf club in Connecticut. And uh, when we go to visit the golf club, you know, you go to the pool and you send your kids up to the snack bar. You don't give them money. You just tell them, you know, the secret code number and they sign the code number. Or you go to the Um, Restaurant, and instead of whipping out your credit card for your meal, you just signed your your number. And I asked my dad, I said, what is this all about? And he said, "Um, it's very strategic in the sense that the club does not want the families to feel, to associate attending club functions with parting with their money. Mm -hmm. So when people go to the club, they just want to feel like everything is free. It's like this feeling of, I, this is all mine and I, mm-hmm. it's mine for the taking. And they feel the pain of paying once a month. And, and it's automatic and they don't have to think about automatic. it. It's automatic. They don't have to think about it. They've already swallowed that pill. They've already accepted it as part of their budget. So you are now perceived as a place to go for just receiving things and not parting with your money.
0: Right. You want your customers handing over their
1: credit card one time mm-hmm. when they first register. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. And furthermore, just to take that one step further, I will not talk to families about money. So if a parent says, Oh, I need to pay my bill, I'm like, You need to talk to Kathy, my office manager. Nice. Because I do not want them to look, to run into me at the local grocery store or at the gym or anything and think, of of, their
0: outstanding bill or or
1: or even associate me with money right i want them to only associate me with i'm giving you something right and positivity
0: right so i'm the
1: one that'll hand out the dvds but i'm not going to take your money
0: no i love that
1: yeah it's very psychological all right so let's move to the next section which is culture you know what are we doing What are we doing in our studio to create a culture of belonging for our students? So first of all, we wanna show genuine appreciation for our customers. I legitimately and honestly can say that every time someone walks in the door of my business, I am thankful that they are playing along and allowing me to live this life. 100%. 100%. Yeah. it ha- You have to believe it, and then you have to show it. Right. Your customers should never be annoying to you. No. Because really, if you feel the way I do and the way Casey does, um, this is a blessing that we get to live this life. And we should be thanking our customers all the time with our mannerisms and mm-hmm. our... Um, our warm welcomes, and we're not saying to grovel at their
0: feet. No, but, I mean you want to be Smile. warm and inviting. You want to chat with your mm-hmm. parents in the lobby. Know you their name. Know their names, and you know what? The more you know about them from week to week, like you know, ask them. You know, oh hey, what are you doing over the holidays? Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds nice. And then when you come back from break, hey, how was your cruise? Just and then they'll be flattered. Like, they you remember will, that I went on a cruise, they will be so mm-hmm. flattered and impressed. Yep, I, you know, when my parents have younger siblings of their dancers that are that hang out in the lobby during class, I know all of the younger siblings' names.
1: Oh, that means so much to at, them,
0: it surely does. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I greet them at the door too. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi, you know, yeah, so nobody upset. wants to be just a number, no one, nobody, no one. So, we also want to add value wherever we can, and that means throwing the DVD into the package and then just passing out DVDs. Or saying, oh, you need a makeup class. Why don't you come to Open Gym? And and the little sibling can come, too, even though they're not registered in class. Right, Just build things into your program. The more time they can spend in the building and the more value they feel they're getting out of your program, the more they're going to want to stay. Absolutely. You want to go above and beyond with customer service. Quick example. Um, we don't have a big parking lot. We have a small parking lot and street parking. And we did make a drive up lane where you can literally just pull up to the front door, let your child out, and she can run in the studio. Well, sometimes, you know, if your child is only five, you might not feel comfortable just letting your child run in the building. So we have this thing, it's kind of an unspoken, but you know, whispered, uh, It's it, we don't advertise it a lot, but people take advantage of this. If you've got a minivan full of children, text, up, text us or call the front desk and it's raining and say, hey, I don't want to leave my babies in the car. Can somebody come and receive my five-year-old out of the minivan and walk them into the studio?
0: No problem. No problem. We'd be happy to. Yeah. How yeah.
1: hard is that? It's yeah. above and beyond and they will never forget that because yes. it's not happening at the karate school, I can tell you that.
0: Yep. So we also want to be presenting our programs as a long-term endeavor. Map out what that looks like. Map out from start to finish, from 3 years old to 18 years old. Show them. Make a graphic. Uh, Yeah. Robin has a wonderful graphic that her graphic designer came up with, and it's literally a path. It looks like Candyland with Mm -hmm. dance shoes on it. Yeah. And it shows, you know, from one level to the next how dancers progress through the program, and it gives a really good an easy visual representation of what it looks like to dance at Robin's studio. Right.
1: You don't want to be presenting your program as a six week class and then go try soccer. Right. Um, we want to establish traditions for dancers to look forward to. This occurred to me a couple years ago. I was listening to some teenagers talk about, Oh my God, I can't wait till we're juniors because then we get to be in the powder puff game. And <laughs> then and we also get to go to the prom. Well, what if they were super excited about the traditions that are coming down the pike at your studio Mm -hmm. like oh i can't wait to be in ninth grade because then i can um attend this master class or you know once i am in this company level i can submit for student choreography for open marley night Mm -hmm. but once you establish some routine Mm -hmm. and traditions year after year the kids will look forward to it and they're not going to want to miss that opportunity so they're going to stick it out we
0: we do basically the same exact structure for our finale number in Mm -hmm. the recital every year one group comes out, they dance for four counts of eight, they bow, they back up. The next group comes out and it goes oldest to youngest so that the last group that comes out is all the itty bitties. And they come out holding hands, galloping sideways, and they shake their little tushes and they blow a kiss. And then they go off to sit down on the, at the corners of the downstage corners of the stage. We have it marked off with, um, with spike tape where they have to go. And then the rest of everyone who's already on the stage stays standing and performs some choreography all together it's so fun and the teachers are out there too and it's just awesome but I we've been doing this for so long that my little ones now know that they get to look forward to when they finally get to stay standing up Mm -hmm. in the finale and the first year that they get to do it oh my god they're so excited. So excited. Miss Casey, do we get to stand up this year? Mm-hmm. Yes, girlfriend, you do. And they're high fiving each yes. other. So those little things, it can be something that small that you don't really I didn't think of it like that. Yeah,
1: but they do. But
0: they do. Mm-hmm. And if so you can keep these things consistent
1: and mm-hmm. and again, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Keep it the same yep. every year. Yep. They love it. They love it. Yep. Um we want to fulfill the dancers need to belong to something worthy. You see the kids at the high school wearing their varsity jackets. Well, you need to make sure that you've got logo wear. Mm-hmm. And you also need to make sure your program is something that they're proud of where they are, are rocking that logo wear. Yep, they're proud to represent your studio. Yep. So not only do you want to provide the logo wear, but you really need to be working on making sure that they're proud to display that.
0: Yes, absolutely. You also want to be consistently preaching your values on social media and emails. Your staff needs to know what your values are so they can can reinforce them in their classes mm-hmm. and that way your students are and your parents feel those feel those values every time they walk through the door,
1: right? An example of that would be um you know like let's say we're doing a community performance and the other local studio is going to be there as well i would say to my students you know emc students encourage you know the dancers from the other studio so right before they go on you guys are going to say um good luck you're going to kill it and then when they come off you're going to say you were awesome Mm -hmm. and and i speak it in a way that says, this is how we behave. And Mm -hmm. then they want to live up to that.
0: Yes. Create those standards that mm -hmm. they want to live up to. Absolutely.
1: We also want to celebrate successes. You know, we have a lot of things going on with our dancers where, you know, they're auditioning for and getting the lead role in the high school musical. Yeah. And as much as, you know, that's inconvenient for us at times. We still want to celebrate it because that students dance
0: training really came in handy for that audition Mm -hmm. and doesn't that speak highly of your program that they got that lead role right so i I had one of my students who was in eighth grade oh no seventh grade at the time i think doesn't matter anyway i had one of my students who was the lead role in her middle school production of mary poppins the musical Mm -hmm. and My one of my teachers and I went and saw her perform and brought her flowers Mm -hmm. and took pictures with her. We posted it on social media and we were so proud of her. Mm -hmm. She did such a great job. And that
1: meant so much to that family. It
0: meant so much to them. The mom had tears in her eyes when Mm -hmm. she saw us
1: there. Right and that's the real reason you're doing it but to piggyback on that you want to make sure that you are celebrating them publicly. So I would share on my on my public page um, you know Malena is the lead in Anne Frank and we are so super proud of her blah 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 so the family perceives that as I'm supporting her publicly but also I'm saying Malena is so successful because of her training at EMC mm-hmm. so you wanna it, it's kind of a, a again it's a win-win yeah Another
0: thing we can do to promote culture at our studio is to make parents feel like they are part of the team. Ask parents to help out. You never know Mm -hmm. until you ask who is willing to lend a hand. They might be volunteering backstage. They might be bringing crockpot meals to feed dancers during tech week. They might want to help you paint the studio During Mm -hmm. winter break or whatever it is, but the more the parents can feel involved in the community, the better your retention is going to be.
1: Yep. So, as we record this podcast, I am in Richmond, Virginia, with Casey and her home, but I had to drive here from Southern Pennsylvania yesterday and there was a snowstorm at my studio. Mm -hmm. And, um, this the parking lot was very sticky we decided not to close which was kind of a mistake because the roads got really bad and I'm looking on social media last night and I see that one of the dads at the studio took it upon himself to find the salt find the shovel um, keep the sidewalks clear and direct traffic in the parking lot that's beautiful it's beautiful and so of course we did a big shout out thank you to him on um, Facebook and um but he he did that because he felt a real sense of ownership of the studio. And then you need to just encourage that. Mm-hmm. Because now other parents are like, oh, <laughs> well, next time that happens, my husband's getting his ass out there yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, and then you, another thing is to set up a mentorship program. You know, the big sister, little sister thing at my studio is... Um, so great. So great. The parents really love... Especially moms of girls. I find that moms of girls really appreciate that big sister, little sister um, relationship. Yeah. They and, and also, it makes the older dancers less intimidating, and it makes them a little less sassy. It makes them mm-hmm. a little less, you know, it, it curbs the tendency for them to be a little bit inappropriate when they're entering that you know, that age where... the Teenage age. Yeah, where they can be a little inappropriate and they're pushing yeah. limits. It encourages them to be good role models to the younger girls and to not just walk by these little girls who think they're superstars. Right. Yeah, Yeah. it, it makes them less diva-ish. Yes. And honestly, I don't have daughters, but if I did, I would want my daughter to be in a place where um, the older girls were lifting uplifting yeah. and positive role models, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I feel like we might be running out of time, so we're just gonna talk about a couple more things. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Casey and I really agree on is get is um, the importance of getting families to fully invest in your program. Just briefly, some of the ways that you can do that is um, providing a work study opportunity mm-hmm. to have teens have a part time job without leaving your studio. Right, you, know, you don't want your teens to say, "Hey, Miss Robin, I need to get a job at the local pizzeria so that I can have gas money." What if she can, you know, come to the studio a couple hours early? and, you know, assist in a class and do right. some light cleaning. Yeah. Then you're not gonna lose that team.
0: Yeah. You can also have families, whether it's mom or dad or or the student themselves, clean the studio and they take so much more ownership
1: and pride mm-hmm. of the space mm-hmm. when they're responsible for cleaning it. <laughs> I have whole families take on the cleaning and it, they do it as a family event. You know, they listen to podcasts, they listen to music, they just oh, they I order love a that. pizza I and love that. and you know the brother and it's it's really it's really kind of beautiful because you've got the brother who's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing this to help pay my sister's dance tuition. But it 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 really is a lesson for families. I would say that's awesome teamwork. Um, class moms, uh, a lot of. That's another topic that we should. Oh, we'll definitely, definitely do another a whole podcast, podcast on, on class moms. moms. Some studio owners are really reluctant to invite moms backstage because they're afraid that the moms are going to take over. And I am a real proponent for um, managing that properly and really harnessing the enthusiasm of the cl- of the moms who want to volunteer. Yeah. So this is the thing. When a student has a moment and they get in the car after class, they're like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I just want to quit dance. It would be really easy for an uninvolved mom mm-hmm. to say, all right, whatever. I'm not going to keep taking you if you don't want to Yeah, go. I'm
0: not going to keep on going through this. I'm not going to fight mm-hmm. you to come to class. Mm-hmm. But if it's a parent who... Has volunteered backstage. Mm-hmm. There, they her, her best, her best friends. Her best friend is one of the other class mm-hmm. moms. Maybe they've perform the. You could have them perform in the recital.
1: Yep. Do a mom's dance. Do a dad's dance. Yep. So now, what happens when that child says, "I just want to quit dance"? The mom and the dad are going to say, "Calm down. Let's let this pass." Right. I'm not gonna uproot our entire family. You know, your 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 brother is involved in the studio, your dad is in the daddy-daughter dance, I'm working backstage. We're not gonna completely uproot this situation because you had a bad day. Right. We're gonna let this blow over. If we need to talk to Miss Robin, we will. Right. You know, but I mean, but it's it's different than, all right, whatever, we're not fully invested, let's just withdraw tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do dancing dads, dancing moms, we've even done BYO Boy. Where the teenagers bring a boy and we do some cute dance like uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Yeah, a simple partnering. Or something from Greece. Cute. So cute. You can get
0: siblings more involved. Make sure that there are opportunities to bring a sibling. Maybe it's a kids night out event. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a... Fitness in between sports. Yeah, or maybe it's just like a mini camp on one of those random days when schools are closed.
1: Yes, somebody said that they did a Fortnite camp, where the kids, the brothers, got to learn the dances from Fortnite. Oh my God! How cool is that? And how easy would it be for your your teachers to do that? Special events and parties, but get the whole families invested. We're gonna talk about class moms another day, Um, but we just basically there's so much more we can talk about on this topic. But the bottom line is we need to make our families feel like our studio is their second home.
0: Yeah. And the more value you can add to your programs, the more they're going to want to stay. Mm -hmm. And the more involved the families can be and the more time they spend in the studio, the more super glued they're going to be
1: to your studio. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we could go on and on about this topic. I mean, I feel like we already have. (laughs) Well, let's let our friends go. Yes. And, um, but again talk to us in the group. Let's let's hear some ideas that um, maybe you're implementing that we haven't mentioned that make your studio stand out for great retention. Or if you're struggling, if you feel like you are not keeping your, your dancers from year to year. Yeah, and um, maybe there's a specific age group that you're struggling with. Or
0: maybe there's a teacher who's struggling with retention. Or maybe there's a style like I, I continue to struggle with hip-hop retention. Mm. It seems to attract the kids that aren't that serious about dance. Yep. So we need to... I, I need to take a look at... Retaining my hip hop students. So, I'd love to hear some mm-hmm. ideas about that. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, jump in the group DSO Connect Community on Facebook. Make sure you answer the questions to join. It is for dance studio owners only, but we'd love to have you in there so we can continue the conversation. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at DSO Connect. And please, please, please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review, and share with all of your friends in the dance industry.
1: All right, Casey. Another great podcast. Absolutely. See you later. Thanks, Robin.